God is watching you. Beg your pardon? He hears everything. They wiggle and they dance. They wiggle and they dance. Who will dare to face the challenge of the monster? Who is brave enough? How about you, sir? Who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness? Terrifying. Terrifying. You will scream with terror. You will beg for release. But there will be no escape. For there is no release from the funhouse. You are listening to TMB DOS. They must be destroyed on sight. The following podcast may contain language and discussions of a frank and adult nature, and spoilers regarding the films discussed are always to be expected. Thank you for joining us. Now start the show, Dr. Rausch. They must be destroyed on sight! We have the whole crew on tonight for episode 135 of They Must Be Destroyed on Sight. I'm your host, Lee. Alive. 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 Russell. Joined by my co-host, Daniel. They wiggle and they dance. They wiggle and they dance. Harper, how you doing, sir? I just paid $100 for a hand job and then ejaculated prematurely, which was very disappointing. <laughs> In a Frankenstein mask too. No, no, no. I was I was in a Dracula mask to be totally oh. fair, you know. Oh, okay, okay. And we're also joined by Paul. Oh my my, that is a gruesome sight. Ramali, mm-hmm. how are you doing, sir? Pretty good. I got stuck in the Frankenstein mask that he did prematurely ejaculate in. And I got <laughs> stuck. I didn't I didn't in. mention that detail. Yeah. I did I did ejaculate into a mask. Yeah, I just well, I, I, wasn't, I, I, wore I wasn't wearing it. it at the time. I you know, oh wait, yeah. so the mask on the monster in the film that was in drool coming out of the mouth. No, that wasn't drool. No, oh, no, no. Oh my god, I got stuck uh, between a, a rock and a hard sword in the funhouse. <laughs> Let's just say that, or a couple of gears, maybe. Yeah, we'll see. It made uh, me squeal. but uh yeah we're going to be talking about the fun house from 1981 Uh, but before we get into that we have a little bit of house cleaning Uh, we have two comments on old very old episodes of they must be destroyed on site on youtube this first one this one's kind of disturbing because this is from g zimmerman so okay well uh, (laughs) did you see he's actually signing bags of skittles at fan conventions oh my god yeah a fucking idiot. But yeah, this was on our episode 20, The Van, Malibu Beach, and Van Nuys Boulevard. So that was a while back. So honestly, this reference, I don't even remember making a reference to this that he's uh, chastising us for. But he says, you fucking nerds, quote, can't handle with a water bid in the back, unquote. It's drag racing, you idiots. So I, 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 we must have said something about the uh, sort of climatic uh, or anticlimactic drag race in, uh, I'm assuming, Van, uh, Van Nuys Boulevard. We must have made some reference about a waterbed. I think I, I think I asked about the logistics of like how you drag race uh, with a waterbed in the back. With a waterbed in the back. Yeah, you know, yeah that, 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 I mean, works. like it's the I same mean, thing as uh, someone drag racing a BMW with a 
concrete slab in the back of the boot. Like how? Well, does it's that even work? it's even worse than that because it's you know it's well then the water liquid, moves too. You know yeah. it's yeah like I I think I think I did question something on that on that level. So you yeah. know. I, I admit that I uh, do not actually know how to drag race a van with a waterbed in the back. Maybe no. it's really not that complicated. I know how to drag race, but I don't know. It'd be like it'd be like drag. You know, it'd be like the same thing as drag racing a car with a bunch of anchors dragging behind you, waiting to grab something because all the weight of the waterbed would be shifting back, like what Daniel <laughs> I, said. So it makes I, no I, sense. I love the fact that he calls us nerds and then calls out some technical detail that we got wrong. I just, <laughs> I think that's a, you know, uh, well, hypothetically, yeah. we don't even know we got it wrong. Yeah. You know, wouldn't, just, wouldn't the nerd call that out more so than the people screwing it up? You would think so, but you um, would think so. Yeah. I mean, admittedly, admittedly, we are nerds. I'm not, I'm not saying, yeah. you know, we're not, I'm just saying, you yeah. know, maybe, maybe our commenter maybe he needs what? to look in his own to, I was going to gonna say is there a mirror he can look into at some point in time yeah maybe 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 G Zimmerman maybe you just go fuck yourself because yeah. fuck you yeah and anybody who calls themselves George G Zimmerman you know maybe maybe their name actually is you know G Zimmerman and that's really unfortunate but i i have a feeling that probably this is not a person we should be paying attention to even to the group we already have so yeah so uh fuck you and moving on uh this comment was on episode 47 where we did uh just franco's she killed in ecstasy and a virgin among the living dead someone called crystal man said i was expecting to actually watch the movie why would you do that <laughs> why why in the hell would you do that People on YouTube, that there, there is a description box. When people choose to use it, you should probably read what's in the description. Podcast. Mm. Not the movie itself. Uh, on, a, on a more positive note, I showed my the podcast to one of my friends, and he thought it was off the fucking hook and loves it. Awesome. You have doubled our audience. What yes. Else? Yes, and he is watching many of them, yes. Excellent. Thank you, and uh, and thank you to uh, Paul's friend who uh, who likes the podcast. We'll try go. not to let you down, but eventually we probably will. We all, we, we I definitely, let everybody, do. Down. we yes, definitely do. Everybody, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you will leave us a YouTube comment uh, when mm-hmm. that happens, and we will read it on the air, then mock you mercilessly, and make sure well, you call us nerds. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, no, actually, you know, just. Leave us a positive YouTube comment, you know. <laughs> For look, once, <laughs> make, make, let, let's not let's not uh, have the, the stereotype of all YouTube commenters just being vile pieces of shit yeah. who don't know their fucking ass from a hole in the ground. Let's get some smart ones on there. Yeah, besides it's, it's YouTube. I mean, I don't know if that mm. that's a little bit too much to ask. I'm really, I'm really being generous. One reasonable we human could, being we could go back YouTube to that uh, making fake fake accounts and commenting on our shit again, but you know. <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> we don't know anything about that. You know, so. No. Uh, so my co-hosts have nothing they really want to mention that they've watched lately. I'll just mention one thing briefly: watched the new Nicolas Cage movie Mandy this week five fucking times because you I like are, it that much. You have been spewing about that on the Twitters. Yeah, and I'm not going to go into detail here. I just uh, did a guest spot on a podcast covering it. Uh, it's the Just the Movie podcast, I believe it is. I will link it in the show notes and on the Facebook group and all that shit when it comes out, so uh, you guys can see my thoughts on there. Um, I'm on there. What, what Gary format Hill. did you actually watch that on? Was it a rip or was it a DVD or? Uh, well, it's 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 in select theaters and it's on VOD. And I watched a Put Locker. It's basically just a direct rip from whatever VOD release okay. there was. Yeah, so, I was looking for. I couldn't find it on DVD yet. I'll give you the uh, VOD link to uh, yeah. Put Locker if you want that. Nice. I'm buying this movie. One, one every every time I see Nicolas Cage covered in blood, I'm buying it. Mm. Yeah, this is pretty. This is great. a movie that uh, this is directed by Panos mm-hmm. Cosmatos, who did Beyond the Black Rainbow. Mm. That we covered, oh. and I think episode two of our podcast, something like that. <laughs> one of the very early, yeah, two or three, something like that. Was that with the one with all the? Uh, trying to remember, you go through the there you guys, you guys were going through the tunnel, and all the people were there, and it was a it was a very fucked up movie, and I think mm-hmm. it was like three episode three, something like that. It was a pretty fucked up film. The first yeah. one was Kill List. I think the second one was, yeah. Well, the first one was uh, American uh, Hustle. American Hustle. Yeah. That was our yeah. test episode. Yeah. 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 Officially released calls 
at the time, uh, somebody didn't know how to record audio. But. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew how to record. It's just uh, for some reason the recorder didn't want to record properly. So, but yeah, and that and I blame Skype on that, honestly. Okay. So, oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. Back when you used Skype, man, the the early days. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know how anyone can fucking use Skype to do podcasts. I still remember cause... using VC, so mm. yeah, that's pretty fucked up. We, I think I'd rather fucking podcast on ICQ or something like that than fucking Skype. But... <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, I uh, like I said, I'll link that in uh, the show Actually, notes. Actually, uh, we we can go back to just a really quick uh, one of your first episodes, which which I was jealous of not being a part of was Ravenous, right? Because I just showed that to my friend who loves the podcast, and he just messaged me really briefly. He said it was absolutely fucking amazing, and I agree with that, absolutely. So, is your is your friend generally on drugs? Is, is this one? No, no, no. Well, yes. Yeah. So the question I have is: Did you show him the movie, or did you show him the podcast? Yeah. I think I think I showed him both, and he was he was elated with joy yeah. on both. Fair awesome. enough. Well, yeah. So, we have any faith? I mean, that does prove the drug, and you know. Yeah. Thing, so, one of these days we'll crack the elusive ten constant listeners, and then we'll. Uh... Well, then you're just going to explode after that. Yeah, I mean, fucking. Look <laughs> one, one day we're going to have a listener that we don't know personally, and that's. The oh yeah, 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 yeah. We'll have a listener that we didn't have sex with at some point in time. We'll yeah, be fine. We didn't yeah. get favors to. Yeah. Yeah. I suck uh, that guy off to watch this shit. <laughs> so yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. Uh, we'll play some music and a little bit of podcast promo uh, love, and then we'll be back with the fun hosts. You ungodly warlock! Hello and welcome to Hello, this is the Doom Show. I am Richard, and I hate the burning. Shh. Who are you? Speak. <laughs> and I'm Brad. She came in and said, bark, 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 and he said, bark, 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 and she said, bark, 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 bark. that's what I got. One is the Suspiria boner, the other is the Inferno boner. <laughs> which, anyway. Which one is crying? <laughs> the boner of tears. <laughs> Hello, This is the Doomed Show is available on hellodoomedshow.podomatic.com. Dot com and doomedmoviethon.com Hello, hello This is the Doom Show Richard, Brad, Jeffrey, Nava It's the Doom Show Hello, hello This is the Doom Show Slashers, G.I. Low and Horror You ungodly warlock Fun house. Who will dare to face the challenge of the monster? Who is mad enough to enter that world of darkness? I just had the greatest idea. Let's spend the night. What? In the fun house. 
This better be good. It's gonna be great. They paid to get in and prayed to get out. by toby hooper written by lawrence block starring elizabeth barrage as amy harper cooper huckabee as buzz largo woodruff as liz miles chaplin as richie uh, the amazing kevin conway as the freak show barker of the strip show and a couple of other uh things including the fun house wayne yeah, doba he plays all the barkers yeah most of them anyway uh wayne doba as the monster uh sylvia miles as madame xena and William Finley as Marco the Magnificent, Sean Carson as Joey Harper, uh, Rebecca Hoyle as strip show dancer, and Jack McDermott and Janine Austin as uh, Mr. and Mrs. Paul and Ellen Harper, respectively. Do have a quick little synopsis here, and this is one of these perfect little uh, IMDb synopsis that could have been written for TV Guide and... It may have just been pulled from an old TV guide. Who knows? Two young couples on a double date go to a mysterious carnival. As a prank, they decide to spend the night in the funhouse. When they witness a brutal murder, they suddenly find themselves in horrific danger from uh, Sean V. Taylor. And there you go. It it actually sums it up perfectly, though. Yeah, it's it's a nice little synopsis. And I miss TV Guide. I don't know about you guys, but I miss that thing. I wonder. I wonder, like, when the last issue of TV Guide was published. Does TV Guide still exist? I don't uh, think. Is so. it possible that there's still you can still get paper copies of TV Guide? We, my, I don't know. My how... parents. My parents collected them at some point in time. We had no, no. It was definitely like, like they were trying to like aim at that. Like it should be like this collectible thing. Like you have like a whole. It is. You know, I, stack I, I see. I see them. TV guides. Yeah. I see them in flea markets to this day. Yeah, mm-hmm. people sell the fucking TV guides. Like, yeah, it's that you know, there, there's a there's a niche uh, collector uh, nerd thing for everything, you know. Yeah, oh, uh, I like I love the in the movie. You see the TV guide, you see how the label is kind of peeling off. You're tempted to rip it off, but don't. It'll just spoil the cover. It'll yeah, boys. I just <laughs> like it's just the the thought of people preserving the covers of TV guide, which was printed on shitty stock paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's amazing. I love it though. It's great. And yeah. we used to we used to thumb through that shit to see what's going on though. I mean, this was where we were at that time. If you <laughs> talk to people that were born in the nineties, they will not believe you. This, is, this 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 was back in the days when you couldn't just Google and you, you know yeah. and see and what stream when this was, was going on. This was where you could find out what what movies were going to be on, so you could watch it. I I think TV Guide, if it exists in any format, it would be online now, because it would be impossible to physically publish that guide the way TV is structured now, right? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because everyone now, they, I mean, even though it's still vastly imperfect and they're just ripping you off, basically, people who buy cable packages, they're buying certain packages, so... TV guide would have to be geared to different regions of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, you'd have to send out s- several different incarnations of the fucking. Well, I mean, the Wall Street Journal is not 
no longer printed, right? It's internet only. I'm now, pretty right? sure. I think the Wall Street Journal is still. A, actually, exactly. I did. I'm, I'm being slightly disingenuous. I know that there's still at least ten years ago when I stopped magazines, there existed a TV guide magazine. Like okay. they had moved away from the channel listings and just gave you like kind of a a big glossy magazine. Oh, wow. so what's on TV you know. at some point? Time. Well, it's just like it's just like basically. You know, if you only read it for the articles, that was that right, was, right. Uh, <laughs> it, yeah, it's it's a it's Playboy of the TV world. Exactly. I, I bet you. The, I just read the articles. I bet you there there's some small regions in Appalachia that still get like a local TV guide in the paper or whatever. You know, I'm pretty in the small regions in Appalachia. And I haven't seen it yet, so let me <laughs> uh, let me travel around. Well, you're you're even more way off the fucking road than most. Most of the fucking deliverance. No, you're, too, you're too far out <laughs> to get the TV guy. That's, that's true. Problem, that's, you know? that's it. That's right. Well, <laughs> you've got to you've got to be a partic- a very precise distance from civilization in order to yeah. get the TV guy. That's I'm the... too far away. I'm sorry. Yeah. Huh. Okay, so we are actually are covering a movie tonight. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, I like I like a little bit of banter in my podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, but uh, I assume this is the first time you watched this film, uh, Daniel, so uh, I'll just uh, throw it over to you what your sort of general thoughts are on it. Uh, I like this. It feels very VHS era to me, mm-hmm. ridiculously VHS. I This was my first watch of it. I watched it yesterday. I really like the kind of rundown nature of the funhouse. I like the fact that it feels like kind of a real place and that we spend roughly 45 minutes there just kind of hanging around and just with the kids, like, you know, playing the games and doing stuff. And, you know, I have been to carnivals that look like that, you know, mm-hmm. like as a kid in the 80s and the early 90s. And then it kind of transitions into this really kind of horrific character stuff between these uh, these relatives, this, um, you know, the freak show barker and the... Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Frankenstein mask guy. <laughs> I don't know the names of these people. Yeah, the monster. It's, it's basically Gunther, the Barker, Barker and Gunther, yeah. The Barker and Gunther, yeah. I really liked some of the scenes between them. I liked the uh, the kind of almost... There There is a certain psychological horror to this. It actually does sort of try to give you some characterization. And then you get some some kind of cool kills, a little bit of like slasher movie stuff at the end. Um, mm-hmm. And so it, it's kind of, you know, it's there's a little bit of a sense of it's three movies in one to to a degree. Um, although it's really kind of it's but definitely a bifurcated structure, but uh, both parts were good, and I enjoyed both both halves. It was a pretty painless experience, honestly. You know, uh, some of these things are kind of like, ah, eh, well, you know, well, I guess I guess the thing is, it would be really easy for that first half where they really are just kind of wandering around the the carnival to be like, okay, let's just get to the good stuff now. But I actually really enjoyed that stuff, and I wasn't expecting to. I thought it was really uh, quite well done and lived in, and I liked all the characters. You kind of get a sense of like kind of who they were, and uh, it was nice. Paul, first time you saw this, and uh, what are your sort of general thoughts on it? I probably saw this the first time when I was about eight, and I've seen a, a couple different times. I got a lot of, I have a lot to say about it, but I don't know how much I have to say about it at the same time. <laughs> I'm a fan of the film for what it is, and the more I know about it, the more I appreciate it. But to me, it's a, it's kind of a base bones dry film. It has a Halloween and uh, opening. It kind of gets into that TMC or TCM rather kind of vibe with the mm-hmm. retardation and stuff like that. And then it just tries to be a cutthroat slasher at the end, and it's kind of plain Jane. And it's a simple watch for anybody who wants to get into the style. But as far as that, once you're actually emaciated into the style, yeah, emaciated is not the right word. Integrated, uh, integrated, and immersed into the style. Yeah, uh, it's it's pretty dry. All right. First time I saw this, this is a film I've seen for many, many years uh, over and over again. I think the first time I saw this, like a lot of horror stuff that sort of informed my upbringing, it was on A and E. This is played on A&E all the time. I I love that it starts off with sly little psycho and Halloween nod right in the beginning, the opening scene. And then you give it, it gives you like pure, nice, innocent final girl, but it does it a bit modern style, trying to match a little bit the slasher films of the time. So you get a tit shot right at, right in the beginning, right? Uh, right and you get right. a and you get a perverted little brother who <laughs> is well on his way to becoming the ginger rapist from the van, basically. Yeah, oh, yeah. Right. He, he's he's well, definitely he, he he's definitely, definitely wants to definitely wants a double date with two girls, if you know what I mean. Yeah. <laughs> I love that by 1980, they're already doing slasher movie 
parody fake mm-hmm. scares, which is just amazing. But, you know. That shows you how many movies came out within that three-year period or right. so. Yeah. They, pumped, they pumped the fuckers out. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, honestly, the, the genre really did kind of peter out even before, like, 1985. It kind of died. The, well, like, I, was there was say, a... I was gonna say the death was five. And yeah, kind of only the the true ones stood the test of time. After that, mm-hmm. then you but, see the resurgence of sci-fi horror. After that, right, we have Fly and stuff like that. What I like about this is that you're right, Daniel. This the first half of this film. This could have been excruciatingly boring if these were just really total simple stock characters that you didn't give a shit about. Like if these were the typical like Friday the Thirteenth teenagers that you just want to see get killed, it would really suck. But you get you know, they're generally likable teens. They're a little mischievous. The guy with the glasses, he's a bit of a dick. But otherwise, you know, you, you got the, the virginal girl. You got the a little bit more exciting girl. And then you got the uh, the handsome stud guy who is actually like a really decent guy. He's not, you know, some a rapist in disguise kind of dude. And I, I like that it really sort of draws you into this carnival and... It makes you weary of the carnival because you get all these sort of premonitions of things that are going to happen later. And there's just slightly disturbing things creeping around the corner of the carnival. Like it it really does, like you said, Paul, takes the sort of griminess of TCM. Uh, You know, it's kind of like a trademark of uh, Toby Hooper. Like I can't think of anyone else who had been more perfect for directing a film like this because... They build, he basically built an entire carnival, and he's got two fucking amazing crane shots in this movie to show off. Hey, look at this fucking carnival I built, you know? This, mm-hmm. yeah. and, and so it looks so authentic, it looks so good, and it's a real throwback. I mean, we were talking before we started the podcast, Paul and I, about how this is a Universal Pictures film, and so you get all these classic uh, monster stuff like you get a poster of the wolf man you you got the uh, frankenstein monster mask later you got bride of frankenstein on the tv at one point mm. this carnival feels like a throwback to an era that doesn't exist anymore in the 1980s mm. like it's kind of like a just a a last little bastion of this and it's like these middle class kids in their safe little world with you know middle class parents and they got security and safety they walk into this totally different world and it's just like a clash of those two things right they were they filmed it in florida for a reason because that's where all the carnivals used to go for hiatus during the the winter months and stuff Mm -hmm. so they went there to shoot that they had a crane there that was used as a filming once and they only used the crane once it was like a hundred foot crane with a 150 foot boom attachment and they used it twice in the film but before that, it was only ever used once for a film, and it sat there for decades not being used. So they like, fire this thing up. Let's give this a go. So they used it twice, and the cinematographer, after they got done using it, goes, I want to use this on every film I ever shoot for the rest of my life. It's a really high crane shot. Like It's, yeah. it's higher than what you usually see, and it, yeah. it gets a really good shot of the entire thing. And, I mean, they built the entire thing from the ground up, it's authentic. Yeah. I would argue that the fun house is almost impossibly big. Mm-hmm. <laughs> For like, it, it seems like it has like four or five stories in it. You yeah, know, they like, actually hired they actually hired their own carnival from the workers to build the to build the sets for everything. It was an actual carnival set for every everything they used. It was a carnival set. That's what makes it feel authentic. Like I thought it was a real carnival, honestly. Yeah, like, I, I exactly. Didn't, I, didn't I, mean, it, I just I was just I mean, watching it like. I have stood in a place that looked very similar to that. I mean, not for, you know, 30 years, but, you know, yeah. like when I was a kid, I, I, I've been to a couple of these where it's like, yeah, and it looks all grimy and there's popcorn all over the floor everywhere and there are drunk teenagers making out and, you know, and carnies that look like they, they're, they're, they're like two teeth short of a full set or you know, I don't know. I don't have a joke there, but you know what I mean. It's it's uh, you know, it feels very like yeah, no, that that feels like a place. I told Lee about a scene where the guys, when you see in the beginning, they're all trying to get high behind the tent there, and they keep <laughs> on, they keep trying to light the lighter and get it high. Mm-hmm. Well, he shot that not knowing too much about what's going on around him because he was trying to focus on that shot so much. It took him eight tries to get that shot down. Meanwhile, to the direct left of him was the Cobra ride where it spun around and then there was little um, like seats that spun around inside themselves. 
that was it, extra was it, uh, was it Cobra or Octopus? Something along those it lines. Was, it but... was an octopus style, but it was called Cobra. It oh, okay. was an octopus ride, but the, the ride was called Cobra. And it was spinning around, and the seats were spinning around for about 40 minutes, and he didn't realize this because he was trying to get this shot. He looked over after someone actually told him to look over, and it looked like there was a water kind of spraying kind of coming out, and it was all the extras <laughs> vomiting. And they had to call – they had to shut down the ride and call ambulances in to take care of all the extras that were completely disgustedly sick. They couldn't walk. They couldn't do it. They couldn't even move them out of their chairs for like 20 minutes because of how disorientated they were. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was joking to Paul. This is ba- it was basically Problem Child 2 in reality. It was that scene. <laughs> Just turn it up. Let it ride. <laughs> but what I, what I like about this is although it, it does sort of turn into a slasher movie at the end, it's not excessively bloody. Like basically what Hooper's doing here is he's, he's really just making a monster movie. Cause here's something I did with this when I was watching it today, I was thinking about it and this is a really nerdy thing to do. So uh, yeah, I'm a geek. We're going to get, we're going to get a YouTube comment for sure. Yeah. Uh, Nerd. <laughs> what, what I did is I, I, I turned the color off on my TV while I was oh. watching this and man, it comes off like in a movie from the sixties. When 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 you do that, like it, there, there's very little that sort of separates it uh, from a movie in the sixties. Just it's a little actually bit very blood. interesting that you do that because if you actually watch this film, the color because they do vibrant colors through the film that mm-hmm. horror landscape. It's actually very distracting. It's very um, it's very EC Comics color, yeah, uh, kind of thing. Thing. So yeah, it's very interesting that you did that mm. and watch it that way. I, I want. I just wanted to see it that way because mostly. Um, and here's maybe one criticism I have of the film. When we eventually see the monster, we see him a little too much. And it is, and yeah. I mean, I, I like I like the rubber mask and the rubber hands. But after a while, you start to maybe notice it a little too much. And yeah, it works really well when you turn the color mm-hmm. off. Um, I, I always thought, I, I like the scene. I like the fact, I think Kevin makes, he makes the film just so much better. I think really Kevin does. But mm-hmm. when you really see, uh, I think his name was Wayne. He was a, a mime expert. Yeah, that, he was a mime. Know, yeah. It was just too soon. It was too <laughs> soon. It was a full frontal boom. There, there's the monster. And after that, I just, I don't know. I lost it. I just thought it was too soon. I just well, thought you go a little bit early. I kind of expected him to just wear the uh, the mask the entire time. Yeah, like, right. You know, I, I was just kind of on the. Yeah, he's just some weird guy who's just wearing the. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because you know, he's not you, especially almost, big or anything it's almost, either. It's almost a uh, disappointment when you see, yeah, you know, when when you see, oh, it's it, there's some monster on the inside of a of a mask or whatever. You know, I thought it, I thought it, it would maintain the, the mystery. End, like, yeah, I thought it would be at the end more sort of like, holy shit, look at this motherfucker. You get one like end. really good look at it, just as he's like being stabbed in the eye or something, and then that's yeah, the, yeah, yeah. At, at the, the, decease of what that monster really was there's a monster inside the monster but the monster that controls him is ultimately human that kind of man mindset uh that like the true frankenstein monster would be the monster itself was the monster the human that caused him was the real monster yeah and he's just a, a prodigy of the monster itself that actually that that story thread really does sort of exist in this though i mean yes it does it does i because I, when when you think about it the quote unquote monster in this film he's very much like leatherface like this is just this really goes back it, to leatherface yeah, in a lot of ways that's why i say there's a lot of tcm in this film a yeah cuz he's it. he's really just a kind of he doesn't have the mental capacity to know well, right from wrong. I'll give it a little bit better credit than that. It's TCM, but I also think it's like of mice and men. Yeah, George. He doesn't know how strong he is. He doesn't understand his emotions, and he kills a lot of girls because he just he grabs a hold of the thing he likes. And which way did he go, George? Squeeze, squeeze. You know what I mean? Like the whole deal. <laughs> I don't know that I'm quite willing to treat the uh, the treatment of Madame Zina here uh, with, with that level of uh, sympathy. Yeah, that, that's uh, a yeah, little different. But at the same time, I, I mean that that's, that seemed like that seemed like rage. That, that but, was, but, I, 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 but the thing is, I think I do get a little bit of that of mice and men from him, though. I well, understand. I understand yeah. the suppressed monster. I got a little bit of the burning out of that at the same time. 1981. Mm-hmm. I got a little bit of that out of that, but I also got three on the meat hook. Two out of that, too, at the same time. Because you remember three on the meat hook, 
it's like, no, I can handle it now. You know, that's what we, that's what you told me last time, right before we buried your mom, you know, that kind of deal, like we're unsuppressed rage, the whole deal. So I got a lot of films out of this film though. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not discrediting this film. I got a lot of films out of this film, vibes and nuances. Kevin Conway's uh, performance here. Like, I think no, it's the I best really performance like in the film. I th- th- absolutely. 100%. And, yeah, and I, I love how, again, it sort of goes back to, to uh, TCM because there's that idea, although, you know, he, he's not a good guy, but family, you know, blood is blood. He, he, yeah. he says that in the film. I get and the, so grand, I get, uh, I get the, the cook out of, out of him a lot. Yeah, a little less, uh, you know, a little less crazy, though. Like he, <laughs> A little less, yeah. No, yeah, he's, yeah. He's a little bit more founded on that, but I do, I do appreciate his, uh, his, I mean, his role makes this film for me something. Yeah, because he obviously cares about this son of his who it's, is it's obviously his son even though yeah. he will, yeah won't say it did you uh did you pick up that the uh the fetus in the jar was the brother is of... his brother yep mm-hmm. leon is his brother because he says about his brother being on display and yeah, yeah. uh here's the weird thing toby hooper references the split-faced the the cleft hoof cow as yeah. the mom and i'm like i don't get that because of science but that's does he reference the he reference it as he, the mom? He, I don't think so. He yeah, he uh, in the the documentary that I showed you. Oh yeah, I just he he's like I'm trying to say that that's the mom, but I was like oh, yeah, okay. but you can't do that because never mind. Okay, like, I, like, maybe he was yeah, uh, he, he was, was trying he was trying to reference that, and I was like no no because I because. No. I, I don't. I don't know if I if I buy that, but I do buy that he sets up several things that sort of uh, foreshadow later in the yeah. film. Like when you see the and these were actual cows with like two heads. No, yeah, like, he actually called out, and then they were bringing them. Yeah, all the all yeah the that that foreshadows the monster, so it makes it a little bit more like yeah, I could buy that this exists in this actually, world. Uh, it was uh, I didn't know this. I had no idea, but Rick Baker from uh, the fame of mm-hmm. of America Wear for London did the makeup for the the. Ask, I believe, and for the brother, yeah. And I, I didn't know that when I watched it, so that's awesome. Yeah, I like the uh, the terrible uh, magician uh, that they. No, see. I uh, love that guy. He's the one of the best parts of the film. Marco oh, the Magnificent, who looks oh, like, uh, yeah, the, and here's the Impaler. <laughs> he, he looks like Ray Manzarek of the Doors if he fell on hard times, you know. <laughs> 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 it's uh, more than it's more than like just low rent stuff, you know. It just feels like you know, yeah. Everybody knows this is horse shit. Everybody's kind of having a good time anyway, and it's fine. Yeah, he like thought, you know. he, he thought he was in an H. G. Lewis uh, uh, audition, so he came dressed as the Wizard of Gore, and it just didn't happen. So, <laughs> but at the same time, like I love that piece. I thought that was great. Are you comfortable? No, good. And I was, oh, it's so good! Like I love that. It's, it's such it's such like great like stage patter because yeah. regardless of what what she answers, you just, oh, yeah, yeah, fine. I, I, yeah, I, I, w- I wish they would have just lingered on the fact that she was dead just a little bit longer before he opened up the cabinet because I really like that spot. Yeah, it was good, uh, and I, I like that they you know. Again, it, it gives you a good half hour to forty minutes or something of the actual carnival for before we even really get into the actual mm-hmm. horror of it, you know. So there, I, feel, I feel like there's a version of Days to Confuse that's just kids around <laughs> a carnival, you know. Like mm-hmm. I don't know, I was I was kind of really getting that vibe, especially since they're kind of smoking weed, they're hanging out, they're having sex. Uh, you know, apparently this is what you do if you're a twenty-something teenager. Uh, you yeah. and your buddy and your two girlfriends just go and have sex eight feet apart. Yeah, yeah, in the yeah, in the carnival. Yeah, they, they you yeah. know they like to you know every once in a while peek over and see what my buddy's doing. Oh, yeah. well, well, he's way better than me. Okay. <laughs> Again, I I really like the build up to this film. That's one of the things I like the most about this is the creepiness of the uh, animatronics, especially mm. when the actual fun host powers down. Mm-hmm. And they all just kind of die. It's like, oh, and then well, that's the what the really cool thing about the animatronics that I didn't know when I first watched it is he actually went to this ninety-five-year-old woman who built all these by hand. Oh, they really? weren't they weren't actually carnival sideshows. They were built for like the World's Fair. 
the first hmm. World's Fair that my grand, my, my actually my great grandmother went to. He bought all these from this ninety-five-year-old woman because he actually bought them all. He did. He rented them at first, and after he watched them, he bought every single one of them. <laughs> and they're actually like weird little fucking animatronics that he hooked up that she built from scratch. Well, and it's funny because it makes the Funhouse kind of a character in its own it's, because every yeah. once in a while they come back to life. Like yeah. they're yeah, observing that, he them was saying, and mocking like, the, them. The Winston Churchill that was mocking that, that laughing when the guy we got cu- killed and mm-hmm. that, that clown that kind of carries the dead body out and stuff. It's so creepy and awesome. Yeah. When she finally gets out of the house, gets out of the fun house, oh, the and, fat and there's lady. that big fat lady. It's not yeah. over till the fat lady sings. And there she is going, ha, 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 and it even scared that boy that time where it started moving when he was looking at it, mm-hmm. even though it's not supposed to. And he ran away. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. Joey was his name. Joey, that yeah. small. Yeah. And he just seemed like some weird ass thing to shoot for no reason. Well, I, I kind of like how he, he kind of represents, you know, that sort of Ray Bradbury ish innocent kid in innocent a way. Innocent like, youth. Yeah. The yeah, and, youth, and, yeah. And then he gets. He gets it destroyed here because the well, even walking to the carnival, he gets spooked by a dog and a crazy redneck. Mm. And then he gets to the carnival, and then all these horrible things happen, and he knows something's happening to his sister and her. <laughs> her it's it's Toby Hooper going. You like horror movies, kid? You're mm. not after this. <laughs> not after this. Yeah. You want to see your girl in the shower? No, <laughs> we got something for you. You like it? It's good. You can give me two dollars now. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are right uh, Kevin Conway is uh, clearly the uh, the best performance hey, actually uh, he uh, he just won a, before he did this film he won a Tony award for something but I can't I don't know what but yeah he he requested that if he was going to be on this film he wanted to do all three of the Barkers yeah that's right and, and that just adds to the creepiness of it it gives you in the back of your mind disturbing possibilities is there actually like three of them is it like some sort of weird family inbred yeah. family or uh, like just the idea of seeing doubles anyway in horror, like that's one of those sort of horror tropes. So, you know, see weird doubling of people and stuff like that, doppelgangers and the, and the like. Then also you get s- sort of slight hints in the film of something supernatural going on and specifically with the main girl, how maybe she has some sort of precognition abilities of some mm-hmm. sort. Yeah, they were doing the scene with Xena, the, the, the thing, and she was like, oh, you see this and you see that. And then, of course, the guys, you know, get the fuck out of here. I'll break every bone in your body. And yeah. then, them being assholes. Then she gets uh, killed after being, you know, the hooker, too. I actually like that scene. I like any scene with fucking someone getting murdered. But at the same time, like, I like her scene. Uh, I really do like Kevin talking to the monster a mm-hmm. lot about, you know, just like, I'm, I didn't mean to hurt you. I just get a little Sorry, drunk. boy. It's when I drink, I just don't know not to, you know. I, I yeah, forget God is my witness. I don't hate the stand yeah, of your. Because he yells at him, you know what I mean? Like, and it makes yeah. him upset. But, you know, I love you and the whole deal. And that's the way it is. I'll take you fishing. Don't worry. You just have to do this one bad thing. But at the same yeah. time, you can tell that Kevin is cursed because he, he loves this person. Because he could have turned him in at any point in time. Yeah, like, like, like you know, in, or he could have. In, in Dallas. Or in, yeah, in, 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 killed it at birth or in Dallas or in Memphis and all that stuff. So it's a very interesting format going on there. I like that quite a bit. I actually see Kevin's performance in because later in the year, the Canadian, because I found out at first, I thought everything was American that was on American TV because I was a kid. But I found out it was a Canadian. It was Are You Afraid of the Dark? And then the Zebo episode where uh, Laughing in the Dark Mm-hmm. It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. And I was like, that's Kevin right there, Kevin Conway. Like, it mm. just reminded me of Kevin's performance in Funhouse again. And I thought, I was like, oh, it's so awesome. See the two-headed cow. See the sheep with six legs. They're all in here, and they're yeah. all alive. alive. And yeah. I love how the Barkers, they all, like, again, it, it sort of, speaks to that weird, maybe sort of psychic connection thing where every one of those Barkers played by him, they look at the main girl after they're saying their lines, like they see her and they pick her out in the crowd and look at her. Yeah, It's the most fun in the park when you're laughing in the dark. (laughs) (laughs) It's the same thing. And you're stuck in the fun house. And I was like, oh, it's so good. I like it, but I think 
that I just it's an underwhelming finish. I just I'm, I hate to be a bastard. It's an underwhelming finish. And the I one thing that we ha- we haven't talked about, I understand that the mobsters, the teamsters, the coke runners, they they ruined half the film by throwing it in the ocean. That's something that most people don't know, something I didn't know when I first watched it. I get that now. I get to see like he, like even uh even Toby Hooper was talking about like you know some of these amazing scenes where there was a lot of emotion going on. I could never get those people in that scene again. Paul was telling me before the podcast, and there's only like a little mention of it in like the actual IMDb trivia and, and such. But this movie was shot during a sort of like Teamster war uh, on on film productions, so they they lost a bunch of the footage and they had to do reshoots and all that. So wow. this film exists today because one of the guys didn't know he wasn't supposed to put it on the plane to LA. So when he put it on the plane to LA, he got killed afterwards. So is that the one you said got poisoned or no, well, that was the, was the actual transportation manager of the place. He came out, he Toby Hooper says he came out of his office one day and saw this dark figure dart around the building real, real quick. Like he was standing there and darted around and as soon as he walked out and saw that man dark out, the transportation manager of that facility came walking out with foam coming out of his mouth and fell to the ground dead. He had huh. to call the cops. So he got poisoned. And that stopped shooting for about four fucking days. And before that, he was doing editing in his suite there at the studio. And bullets rained all the way up the fucking trailer and blew out all the windows. And he was probably so fucking strung out of coke on time. But I'm pretty sure that's when he found out the love of coke. He just said, oh, I don't have time for that shit. And just kept fucking putting his head down to keep on fucking editing. So there's a lot of shit going on during the film, uh, the making of this film, that I can understand the gaps that I see at watching it. Like, I, it must have been a hell of a time making this film. Yeah. I mean, for me personally, I don't find that this film really suffers from the production problems, honestly. Like, in, in my opinion, I think it works really well. Like this, this movie, this movie worked on me back in the day, especially just the animatronic shit, like the final mm. shot of the fat laughing lady. No, I understand that. I, I mean, I, I definitely I, do that. I, I see where, I see where Paul's coming from in that it, mm-hmm. it feels like a little movie. Like it doesn't, it really isn't, it doesn't have a ton of gore. And I, I mean, I, I was expecting, you know, kind of like, oh, we're going to get to the, like the halfway point and then suddenly it's going to be just like straight up. It's like going to go, it's going to go down for a while. Yeah, I mean, you know, that was kind of where I thought this was going, and I wasn't, you know, I wasn't not you know up for that, but it was kind of like nice that no, it's actually kind of a kind of a little movie that are really only a handful of characters that really matter. You know, maybe it would, maybe maybe there's a uh, there's a sense of uh, sort of dissatisfaction just in that it it does just kind of once you get to the kills, it does just kind of go through the motions a little bit, and you just kind of well, you know, touring. I wish this hadn't been that kind of movie. Ultimately, I wish we had spent more time with the with a more psychological horror, like the end of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where, you know, you get this, you know, like <laughs> we're going to capture you. You're going to be carnies with us now or, you know, something, you know <laughs> you've seen too torture. much and, you know, yeah. like we're going to chain you to the to the radiator or something, you know, well, like, I like thought you could... that when I first watched it, I thought that was what they were going to do with Joey, kind of like push him through like in a cage and make his fucking family fight for him the whole time. He's trying to find the, that girl and like, just make it a little bit more, but things just kind of just proceeded nice and smoothly. And I was like, okay, what, like what? Like, and even at the end, Oh, he bashes him in the head a bunch of time with a crowbar. The guy takes the crowbar, puts it in a fucking thing. He gets hooked and just takes it into the thing. Okay, at the end. Really? Okay, <laughs> no, it's, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. It's neat and dry, and everybody dies at the end that's supposed to. And, like, granted, that's cool. But it just seems like there should have been a little bit more. I can see that. But uh, I, I do really love what is. Yeah, I don't. I don't think the film really suffers for it. It's just kind the of only, the only problem can... that I've ever had is I always called it Funhouse, and I never called it the Funhouse. So that's on, <laughs> that's on me. That's on me. You fucked up. I fucked up. <laughs> Funhouse because it's where you go to get a hand job from a woman named <laughs> Madame Woman. Yeah, yeah. Madame Zena. Zena. Is, uh, and I, I like the fact that he said hundred dollars. Oh, you never understood the, the cost of a dollar, the, the price of a dollar. But I like the fact that he said he said 
uh, I could have got uh, one of those logos to do it for 15 bucks. And I was like, you know, in 1981, 15 bucks was still a lot of money. Yeah, like $100. He's basically giving her like $1,000 for a hand job. It's like, yeah, and, and the thing is, I was like, 15 bucks. I'm pretty sure I, in, in, a, in, in 1981, my mom would have did it for five. You know, it's like, you know, it's like you're still getting fucking chewed a little bit there, buddy. That's what I'm saying. I mean, I mean, I would do it for five now. So yeah, know. exactly. Because my hand's not gonna get pregnant, so I don't give a fuck. Five bucks is five bucks. <laughs> five bucks, and I get some free semen out of it. So yeah, yeah I mean, that's protein. So we don't have a budget on this, and I I assume the budget was never released because of the yeah. reshoots and all that shit. Like well, they probably I know, just I know he it. told the only thing that I could say is it. He was talking about budget shooting, and he said, and I remember he him saying to some production guy, he said, "Texas Chainsaw was sixty thousand a day, and we always went over budget. So I don't know what that would in turn to what we needed." Yeah, I everything I've read kind of says that this was definitely, of course, more than Texas Chainsaw, but still relatively low budget for the time. Like this is where big studios were starting to do like, Hey, we can get these horror movies, these slasher films and stuff, and we can churn them out for relatively low budgets and get big returns. Right. Mm-hmm. So I'm thinking it, it's not more than a couple million. Probably. I, I could, I could see a hundred thousand a day for how many days they shot. If, if 60,000 wasn't enough for Texas, I think a hundred thousand would probably be where yep. we're looking at. So I don't know uh, how many days of production they had, but I think you'd be okay with about it saying about a little bit over a million would probably yeah. be correct. But uh domestic box office alone was a 7.8 million. So it Holy did shit. Good so it did pretty fucking good then. Yeah. DVD info for this. There's an old universal pictures DVD from 2004, which is an update of like a 1999 DVD that apparently sucks ass. Uh, but you can also get the Scream Factory 2012 DVD or Blu-ray, which is excellent. It's got really good extra features on it. It's got a commentary from Toby Hooper, which is uh, always good. He does good commentaries. He's one of the most laid-back fucking directors I've ever heard. He like, seems very, very chill. Yeah, he's 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 done a lot of drugs in his life. Yes, he um, has. Uh, as far as a few little trivia points here, uh, Steven Spielberg asked Hooper to direct E.T. the Extraterrestrial, but he turned it down because he was busy with this movie. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe, maybe not the best choice. Yeah, but he's still rich, though. And he kinda, uh, he... I, don't, I don't know, was it Gary something or other who wrote Alien that was also, he wrote this film? Who, who There was a person who wrote Alien or some kind of person that was involved with writing or directing alien that was involved with this film um well no uh lawrence block wrote this and uh dean Koontz did like the novelization of this which mm. wildly fucking goes off the rails with satanism and how the carney was trying to get the antichrist born and all this other weird shit <laughs> that sounds fun <laughs> he, he dean Koontz it up is what you're saying yes basically it uh, like I, ha- I have the trivia here. He says Coons wrote the novelization of the screenplay under a uh, pseudonym Owen West. The book contains a lot of backstory added by Coons because of this. The mm. fact that the book was released before yeah, the, the movie, book, the, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, it, it was delay in post production, and it's often mistaken that the movie is based on the book, but the book is in fact based it's on based the movie. on the movie. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of mishaps on this set. Paul illuminated us with a few of them. A couple more. Uh, Toby Hooper was bit by a brown recluse spider uh, during shooting. <laughs> Toby was almost killed by a flying cog from one of the machinery, uh, but an extra actually got in the way and their arm was broken, uh, deflecting this cog, apparently. Jesus so, Christ. So uh, Toby Hooper was almost killed uh, filming this. Thank the um, gods! Thank the gods for extras. Yeah, uh, <laughs> they were they were joking on the commentary. The other guy talking with Toby is like, "Oh, so extras are actually good for something." Or <laughs> and Toby's like, "Now, come on, now! Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, now! We all know they're not. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, some of the props in Joey's bedroom, like he's got the sort of monster kid bedroom, you know, like pre- precursor to uh, Corey Feldman in uh, Friday the Thirteenth Four. Right, sort of kind of thing. Same kind of same kind of kid who likes monster masks and all that shit. The props, some of them were owned by Sherry Lewis of Lamb Chop fame. Ah, Lamb Chop play along. Nice. Yeah. 
uh, obviously not the knives and the spiders and stuff, but some yeah, of them were but the, but the masks and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like to think that she was like a real like horror aficionado. Like I think she like, probably was. Like she, she like she was like she was writing for Fangoria under a pen name or something. You know, she had the rubber knife and she was stabbing Lamb Chop with it behind the scenes all these years. It's, it's the only way I could do this shit. I have to stab. I have to kill Lamb Chop every night. Well, I, I actually I met Julia Adams from uh, Creature Old Black Lagoon. She seemed very versed in a lot of weird shit. Oh yeah, yeah. She well, I mean, she was a but she was a very nice woman too. Well, I mean, she, well, she those two had, things usually go together, you know. Yeah, yeah. She, she almost had sex with a fish man. What are you gonna? There you go. What do you expect? Yeah, um, Cthulhu. Yeah, I, Elizabeth Barrage was mm-hmm. also the cop in the John Larroquette show. If you remember that. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I found that I'm just uh, checking out the the uh, IMDb pay, or the the Wikipedia pages, and I'm like, holy shit! Like a <laughs> there you go. Like a character I remember 25 years later. I like her a lot in this kid, too. Yeah. I, th- I, I think she's. I was. I was gonna say. I think. I think uh, Kevin Conway is the best performance, but she is. She's very, very good. She's. I just I think, think she's. She's. Uh, she's, uh, she's ugly enough to be cute. At the same time, I wouldn't say that. She's. she's no, 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 no. She. She is she adorable. Is, she is absolutely. Uh, she know. looks. Like, she looks like a troll doll. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Well, we'll agree to disagree on that one. Yeah, we were definitely. I said she's cute. I mean, I don't. I I don't say this often, Paul, but you were objectively wrong. You were objectively <laughs> wrong. That Actually, you say that to me all the time. What I do about? say that all the time. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Um. So. Next episode after this is actually I'm recording it tomorrow night with uh, Duncan McLeish from the podcast Under the Stairs. And that's going to be dead and buried. And then after that, I don't know what's coming up on the podcast. I'm hoping to finally get Brass Tacks uh, down for uh, the Blind Dead series and, and get that uh, out of the way. And that will be sort we of need. Neat. We need more vampires. We have not done. I vampires will definitely. In, I like, will definitely be available now, so. the second week of October for whatever you feel Friday night needs, my friend. Okay, well, well, we'll we'll see what happens. We'll see what my schedule is like and all that shit. But that's what's coming up in the future, anyway. Uh, didn't very hand jobs of men in Frankenstein masks. Yes, absolutely. Well, I'll be, I'll be the, the you be the pitcher and I'll be the catcher. Yeah, there'll always be hand jobs on the show. Yeah. But, I mean, that's and, never. Um, gonna stop. I, I like the fact that tradition is important, and I kept it up with this episode by not watching it again before this podcast. So, thank you very much, folks. Hey, it's always worked out for you. So I mean, it's why always I, I traditional should never be broken. Yeah, Daniel, where unlike can a hymen. Yeah, <laughs> where, where where can people find you, Daniel, on the internet? Uh, you can find me and everything I do on Twitter at Daniel Lee Harper. Excellent, Paul. Where can people find you and your hymen? On the YouTubes and Twitters at PA Brew News, and now an Instagram of oil oh. paintings by P Ramelli. <laughs> Hold on, you joined Instagram in 2018. Someone made me do it. Hey, I, I joined Instagram in 2018 as well. So Wow. Yeah. A very attractive 22-year-old convinced me, and I said, yes, ma'am. Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's uh, fair. Yes. Was it a real 22-year-old, or was it one of those Instagram bots? Because I get a lot I'm of not, posts. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. I haven't, fi- I haven't figured her bot yet. So I, I, is, hey, is, her, is her name Eliza? Because if so, because <laughs> <laughs> no. I get, good. I get, I get. Uh, hey, I, I really, I'm really horny right now, but I can't stay online here. Would you go to this link really quick? Because my <laughs> my uh, my phone's dying. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah, oh, sure. yeah, yeah, okay. Um, okay. <laughs> also, also, I I am a Nigerian prince, and I oh, have, yeah. I'm in. I'm, I'm I'm surprised they haven't done like I'm I'm a hot Nigerian princess who needs your help and you know I'm this Nubian goddess who needs your help. Um, and have but, I told you the truth about QAnon? Oh no! <laughs> uh, so you can find us at tmbdos.podbean.com where you can find our Apple Podcasts, YouTube, and Facebook links. Go to the Facebook group; they must be destroyed on site on Facebook where you can find all of our information, what's coming up on the podcast, and you can bullshit with the regulars on there who every once in a while link something interesting and talk some movies and shit. So uh, it's all good fun. Uh, no assholes on the group. So uh, mm-hmm. it's one of the few YouTube or, I mean, Facebook groups out there that doesn't have assholes on it. Yeah, we saved the assholes for YouTube. Yeah, that's pretty That's true. That's true. <laughs> uh, but until then, thank you, gentlemen, and uh, thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll be back when we're back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
You've been listening to They Must Be Destroyed on Site. For other episodes, our Apple Podcast, YouTube, and Facebook group links, as well as podcasts and websites of similar interest, please visit us at tmbdos.podbean.com. Thank you. Drive through.